0: agents podcasts.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by Power ISA, the industry experts in real estate ISAs. Get more appointments. Make sure your follow-up gets done on time and you get the most out of your leads. Get a great ISA for real estate on your team and watch the results roll in. Power ISA has served over 1,200 agents in the US and Canada since 2015, and it's the one stop shop for everything you need to get a great inside sales agent on your team. Whether it's setting appointments with your internet leads or making outbound prospecting calls to help you get more listings, Power ISA can get it done for you. Visit powerisa.com forward slash LCA to get started. That's powerisa.com forward slash forward slash LCA. It's a tough year in real estate, but imagine, imagine having a small team, namely just two people and closing roughly a hundred transactions. And you as the leader of that team is out of production. You don't think that's possible? Well, our guest today is going to tell me why and how it's possible because that is exactly what he's doing and he's going to share a whole hell of a lot more with us, like a the perfect 36-touch
0: system. But let's get to know him first. Welcome to the show, Garrett Maroon. Man, thanks so much for having me. Dude, that was... Wow, you did that intro well. I'm sitting there like, man, I need to up my game on our show. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate you having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. And thank you for the kind words. Yeah. Lots of practice. Lots of practice. <laughs> That's right. So... You tell us who you are, you know I know we literally just met, which is very common for a podcast host and guest, but I know you're from Virginia or you live in Virginia. So tell us a little bit
0: about who you are and how you got into real estate and what led you to where you are today. Yeah, man. So I have been in Virginia my entire life i'm thirty five and I after I graduated college, I graduated college in two thousand nine in Newport News, Virginia, so near Virginia Beach, southeast Virginia. And I went to work for the university for a couple of years. I was an assistant director of admission. Kind of that was my path. You know, my parents, I love them. My parents were not interested in me having a commission job. It was very much like, no, you just need to go get a job, have the steady income, have health insurance, you know, which agents, we don't know what that is anymore. You have to do those things. And so I was kind of committed to that life. Well, my wife and I got married in 2012. And in 2014, she said, my wife, Rachel, says, you know what? I think you'd be really good at real estate. And I was highly resistant to it. But after months of talking, months of engaging on this, this topic, I eventually said, okay, let's do it, right? She's working. I'll give it a shot. Well, we made an agreement that within the first three months, if I didn't have a deal, then I would quit, right? Maybe this wasn't the right uh, fit for me. So three months comes and goes, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I was going to be uh, and- surprised if you had, to be honest with you. Right. I had no concept. Right? I didn't know what I was doing. And so I remember that uh, conversation at dinner and I said, babe, I think I can do this. Can I have another three months? Yes. Three months, but literally that's it. We're done. Right. Well, fourth month comes nothing. Fifth month, nothing. Five and a half months in, finally get a deal. And it kind of just took off from there. But you know, I've been really thankful to have been in this industry. I didn't know anything. I had no concept of what this industry was. I didn't know that I was, I was entrepreneurial at all. I didn't know how much I love to learn, right? And so it forced me to position to say, man, you got to figure this out. So I hired a coach my first three months in, realized, man, I got to learn quickly because this, everyone around me is doing well and I'm not. And so the journey's just taken off from there. So my, I came in in April of 2014, did 14 deals that year, then 27 the next year, then 50. And it's not been fewer than 50 since my second four year. So I'm really grateful for that. We've got uh, three little kiddos, a five, three and one year old and one more on the way. So it's a little wild in the house, but I love it, man. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to to do business, be an entrepreneur and be in this real estate space.
1: That's really awesome. And so you got into the business, if my math is correctly, at 27? Yeah, I was 27. That's right. 27, okay. And you were coming out of a non-parallel career. I mean, you are working at a university. Your parents are probably like most parents, you know, like just go get a steady job, be like us, let's not take any risks. Yep. So first of all, That's a good conversation to have because I guarantee there's a lot of people listening today that are either a, whether they're new-ish to the business or even old-ish to the business that are in that struggle bus right now. And that struggle bus is probably not going to slow down anytime soon based on where the trajectory of interest rates are going, based on the the lack of inventory. We're, we're, We're talking about a big potential shift coming with where home values were through the roof. Now they're going to be giving houses away because people can't afford a 10% interest rate. Maybe I'm exaggerating slightly. So I think that you can talk to that agent who's in your shoes or in your shoes from a perspective where they've been in the business for a long time and kind of talk through that psychology piece of this, of, of how you can overcome it because there you were sitting there at basically month six. And by
0: the way, what was your first deal? Was it a buyer? Was it a seller? And I that yeah, come it was out? an investor. Yeah, I was an investor. I don't honestly even remember but he's been my best referral source since. But it was, uh, you know, our average price point is about 300. It was like $130,000. I didn't care. I was like, I'm going to make like 50 bucks, but this is amazing, right? I finally got paid. So it was hard. Yeah, it was totally hard, Jeff. I One of my very good friends always would kid me and say, have fun at your nonprofit volunteer job today, right? I'm like, you're a jerk, but that's true. (laughs) Honestly, my encouragement to agents is, one of my favorite quotes from Charles Kettering is, the only time you can't afford to fail is the last time you try. Right? So I knew inherently in my mind, if I just kept going, eventually this was going to work. Right, I didn't know when it was going to take off. I didn't know when it was going to work. I didn't know when I'd get my first client. But if I just kept working at it and learning and sharpening my skills, I knew eventually it was going to work. Right. Now, I set a runway of six months. And I came in. I've never done an open house. I've never made a cold call. I've never bought a lead. I've literally only been relationships day one. I only had 40 people in my database when I started too. And so I came in and said, okay, if I don't know how, but I had some sort of clarity to say, if I'm going to build a business, I want it to be by relationships. This is how I want to work. So I came in and I spent all my time. Okay. I didn't get a deal month one. All right. I need to learn something else because for whatever reason, who I am and what I know right now doesn't generate business. There's got to be something else I got to understand. Okay. Let me go out and learn that. Right. That's why eventually month three, I hired a coach. I knew that I just wasn't getting there quick enough. I needed someone to come alongside me and amplify and quicken that learning process. And so I just dove in and just kept learning. And so my honest encouragement to agents who are struggling in that, take this as a blessing because you have a season where you can just go out and educate yourself like crazy, right? Don't go run around crazy and do a bunch of stuff just because you feel like it. And you're ultimately, you're spending money to buy hope. Go learn how to actually do this business the way that you want to do it appropriately so you can have longevity right and just keep learning just keep working just keep educating yourself and eventually it will work it just does right consistency is how people succeed mm-hmm. and so if if they come in and they try this for a month and that for a month and this for a month it's not going to work if you come in laser focus learn what you got to learn i always tell people look i've mastered the art of referrals but i have no clue how to make a cold call right go in be a master of something and it will work and just trust that that process is there way easier for me to say it now on the other side of it, right? But absolutely in that season, it was, man, I I think this is going to work. I got to keep doing it. I got to keep doing it. And eventually it did, thankfully.
1: So what did that look like back then? When 40 people in your database, you didn't, you had no aspirations or or maybe that was intentional to, to buy leads. You weren't doing anything traditional because that's the thing is agents get into this business or they've been in this business and they're just following what they're old school brokers telling them to do. And, and no offense to brokers listening, but if, if you're still teaching the same principles of real estate, not saying they don't necessarily work, but the same principles that you were taught 20 years ago, this game has passed you by because the industry is evolving. And so I, w- I want to know, what did you do? I mean, so
0: you only have 40 people in your database. How did you grow that database? Did you do yep. networking groups? What did you do? Yeah. So, and you're spot on, Jeff. That's 100% true. So much of these ideas and these thoughts and what's being taught is, well, that used to work, but the world is different. People interact differently now, right? So now people haven't changed, but the tactics have changed and we've got to change with them. But yeah, for me, so yeah, I have 40 people in my database. And so I just started learning. So, first, what I started to understand, I came in kind of naively thinking, oh, these people, they're going to want to work with me. They're going to tell all their friends about me, right? Well, real quick story. uh, Two months in, I see a friend named Jimmy at a friend's birthday party. Jimmy comes up to me, he plays music with me on the worship team at church. And he comes up to me and says, Garrett, guess what, man? I bought a house. And I'm like, and, and then he sees his smile just drop. And he's like, dude, you're an agent. I'm so sorry. And I said, dude, bro, I'm like super excited for you. Don't worry about it. Right. In my head, honestly, I'm immediately thinking like, well, that sucks. But that was my fault, not his fault. Right. He just wasn't thinking about me that way. So it was my first experience to say, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? I went and did the research, right? Because every time I ran into a problem, I wanted to understand why. Went and did the research, started to realize, okay, people only recognize you in one context, right? That's why if you see someone you know from work at the grocery store and you're like, who is, oh, that's Jeff, right? If they're just, you see them out of context, you don't think about them in that way. Our brains are wired to consider them in one context. So I started to realize, okay, this makes sense. People don't refer or work with, their admission officer, or work with their music leader to buy a house, right? That's not how theirs. They work and refer a real estate agent. How do I get them to think about me as a real estate agent? So I had to start incorporating that, which I'm happy to share. had to start incorporating how to do that. From a perspective of growing my database, I honestly never went out and did any of those things. That's not my bread and butter. I don't enjoy networking. I've always been kind of a homebody. I mean, I'll go out and see people, of course. But That's not where I want to be. I really just dove in with those 40 people and it grew organically because I would do deals, obviously add them to the database. They might introduce me to a friend who wasn't ready to buy, but they would later. So I added them to the database, right? So it just kind of grew organically. And in the middle of the first full year, I had about 100 into that year, about 150 and kind of stayed there for a little while. So what was it that grew it?
1: Because you just said you didn't go out so there's two questions here. One, yep. how did that grow? And then two, as you mentioned, you had to, and I like that you said this because I think there's that assumption that a lot of us make, especially in this day and age of social media, where we'll go on social, we'll talk about what we do for a living and just assume that everyone sees it, which is far from the truth, right? But so how did you shift that to where he didn't look at you as a co and the church band. And now all of a sudden as a real estate agent, but first, how did you get there? How did you get to that 150? Because I wasn't clear on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So first year I come in with 40 people, sell 14 homes. All of them happen to be married. So I added 28 people to the database. So, you know, let's say it's 70 next year did 27 deals that added about 50 people. Right. So I'm at about 120, 130 people at that point. And then a lot of the other growth was, hey, Garrett, my friend so-and-so is thinking about buying a home in a year. Oh, great, do you mind go ahead and introduce me? And I would go ahead and meet that person and say, hey, why don't we go ahead and meet just so when the time comes, we already know what's going on. I'd use my referral dialogue and I'd add them to the database. So I was preemptively, even if someone was a far way out, I was preemptively meeting with them so I could get them into the database, recognizing that the value was how many people they know. The average person knows 256 people. So I knew coming in that if I had 100 people in my database, let's say just that, and I just needed to figure that out. So that's why if they're a year out, doesn't matter. I want to meet them, right? want to get in a relationship with them. Average person knows 256 people. My database of 100 people was actually reaching 25,600, right? Based on those that math. And according to NAR, there was a 91% chance to convert a referral. So I had a 91% chance to convert from any of those 25,600 people. So all I was doing was when any opportunity of even a remote inkling of buying or selling a house, even if there are ways off, doesn't matter. I'd love to meet them. And I would have my client or my database or friend or whoever it was, I'd have them do a text introduction so I could sit down and explain, I know you're not ready. Totally okay. Let's just talk so you are ready. We've gotten this out of the way when the time comes, right? And they say, Oh, that's great. I'd love to get educated in advance. Okay. Awesome. Add to the database. So that's how it slowly began to build was that way.
1: I love it. And then how did you shift that mindset of becoming the real estate agent versus the friend?
0: Yeah. So great question. So honestly, it was really simple once I figured it out. And so for the next six months, once I figured it out, anytime I talked to them in a business context, not every time I saw them, that'd be annoying, right? But Anytime I talk to them in a business context, I would use the word business and real estate in every conversation. So for example, Jeff, it might look something like give them a call and say, hey, Jeff, it was great seeing you at church yesterday. Hey, wondered if you have a quick minute to talk business. I'd love to share with you what's going on in the real estate world, right? I needed to train how they thought about me. I needed them to equate me with business and real estate or it was never gonna work. And I didn't realize that at the beginning, but that's how I did it. So for six months, Every time I touch... So when I wrote a note, hey, Jeff, thank you so much again for supporting my real estate business. right? I so appreciate blah, blah, blah. Anytime we'd have a client event, which I was doing a lot of client events just to get in front of people. Same thing. Guys, I just want you to know this is about you. I'm so grateful for your support of my business and encouraging me in my real estate career. right? Just always saying this because they needed to equate me with real estate. <laughs> and so I did that and for six months and it just started to work. And you know, I didn't know if it was going to work, but based on what I had studied, I thought, okay, I really need to figure out a way for them to think about me. And that's how I did
1: it. What did you study that led you to this path?
0: Yeah. Oh man, so many things. So honestly, I just started to dive into consumer psychology. And I really wanted to understand at a deeper level. Number one, how are people making decisions? Right? How are they making decisions? And then how do they naturally view other people? Right. So, and I could go down a super deep rabbit hole, but Really started to get into, I read a book called Influence by Robert Caldini. That's an amazing book that got me on the journey of psychology and just started to research articles and whatever. And honestly, I would run, like I mentioned, I would run into a problem. Why are my friends not referring me, right? I'd run into a problem and I'd really start to just try to dissect it and then see if I could go find research of someone who understood it better than I did to say, okay, this is why people are behaving this way. It's not because they don't like me. It's because they think about me in this way, for example. And so honestly, it was just a lot of trying to problem solve and figure out what was going on in my own world with my people and figuring it out from there. So a lot of study, but also just a lot of spot studying of there's a problem. I got to go figure out why.
1: It's very interesting. And even when I think about what your strategy was as just... And I'm always thinking kind of from a devil's advocate mindset, especially as an interviewer, because I want to poke holes and learn more. But when you say those were the conversations you had, like it totally makes sense. And I think it's probably completely over the head of most agents. They probably just don't do it. And I think probably the reason a lot of agents don't do it is because they feel like it would come off as too salesy, as if they were annoying their friends because they're constantly dropping in business and real estate, as you mentioned. And that sounded very tactful. But at the same token, if I go to church, And I come home and Garrett gives me a random phone call and says, hey, great to see you. Let's talk business. I'd like you to support my real estate or let's talk real estate, whatever it is. I I'd think to myself, seriously, like you're cold calling me right now. And so how do you get past that? Because one, I think agents are thinking that because they're just not cut from that cloth. Not everyone, but many are not cut from that cloth. And then how do you make it to where it doesn't come off as though you're being that, and, and I hate to pick on this this company, but Northwestern Mutual is what always reminded me of you know those people that would go there and they just have to annoy their friends and family, right?
0: Yep. So great question. That is literally the example I give is that I say, so there's a, there's a couple layers and I'll, I'll unpack them. But first, yeah, I don't want to be an insurance agent. I remember the friends that would call and make random small talk and be like, oh, by the way, do you know three people I could call right now? Like, dude, just go in the front door. I'll support you because I like you, right? So people will support you if they like you and they trust you. So. Just go through the front door. If you just called and said, man, I'm really trying to grow this business, will you help me? Absolutely, I would. Right. So let me rewind. It starts with the database. So the first thing I did to get to those 40 people is I qualified everyone in my database. By that, I meant, or I mean, I would reach out to people and say, you know, and I was brand new. Hey, hey, Toto, hey, Jeff, just want to let you know, as you probably know, I'm going into the real estate world and I'm super excited about it. Right. So, and here's the actual dialogue. I was wondering if you had a friend or family member thinking of making a move, do you have an agent you'd refer them to? right? I didn't ask them directly if you were buying a house. That was too direct in my opinion. I am not a very direct in terms of a salesman type person. I don't even ask for referrals anymore and I can explain why. But so it started with the qualifying of the database. So all 40 people in there had agreed they would support me and use me or refer me right, to their friends or family. So I already knew that I had that buy-in. Excuse me, which, then, which by the
1: way, I think is important, very simplistic, but very important that you took this small database, but you had this conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And was there a certain, before you move on, was there a certain approach that you took with this or was it just simply, I'm in real estate, I'm looking for support, I'm looking to grow, I'd love to have your
0: support. Was it that simple? Yeah, great. So I did all of mine on Facebook Messenger because I didn't want to call them. I, number one, I just don't like being on the phone. But I did on Facebook history. And yeah, it was literally that simple of, hey, Jeff, you know that I'm headed out to the real estate space. You know, let's say I was working with them before. You know that I'm leaving CNU, which is a university, and I'm heading out to the real estate space. So man, I was just wondering, again, if you had a friend or family member thinking of making a move, do you have an agent you refer them to? It was that. It was just that. And let them say yes or no. No, I don't. Hey, well, I'd love to be that agent. Do you mind if we stay in touch? Of course. What's your best phone number, email, home address, right? If I don't have those things. So I'm gathering the data and I I am getting what I now call is permission marketing, right? Too many people, in my opinion, agents just go and they say, write down everybody you know and just start marketing to them. Well, I'm getting stuff from other agents. Like, why did you add me to your list? I'm definitely not going to use you. I'm an agent. I'm going to use myself, right? But there's no permission marketing. They just show up at someone's door one day. And I think that's strange. I'd rather someone say, absolutely stay in touch with me. And then I say, okay, great, I'm going to do that. And then boom, guess what? There I am, right? So it's just a better way to be in relationship. If it's about relationships, we can't treat them like they're transactions, right? Mm -hmm. We need to actually treat them like they're people, which is, hey, do you want to hang out? I'd love to get together with you. I don't just show up at your door when you haven't seen me in a year, Mm -hmm. right? That's weird, that's strange. So it's really understanding, again, how people want to be interacted with. So from there, it led to, okay, now these people said they refer me, why aren't they? I need to use that dialogue, business and real estate. And I'd already gotten on a good cadence of a phone call one month, a handwritten note the next month, client event the next month. And so, excuse me, because of that, it was really simple to drop that in. And I'd say this, because Jeff, I think absolutely what you said is true. If you're an agent that struggles to talk about it, right, you probably should say it more often. And if you're an agent that has no problem talking about yourself and your business, you probably should say it less. right? So just stepping up and saying, The hardest part for a relational agent was for me is qualifying the database and then getting them to think about you those first six months, right? Because we don't like talking about ourselves. Once they've done that, they almost never have to say it ever again. So it's the hard part for a relational agent, but you got to know who's on your side. You got to know who's on your team, who's in your database, and then you can just be relational and it will work. But if they don't do that first part, it's going to be hard the rest of the way.
1: Well, and we all know the statistic that NAR puts out, and and I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's something like 90% of homeowners would say they'll use their agent again, and only 13% do. And there's a reason why. It's probably because we just don't, we don't stay in touch very well. Uh, CRMs, frankly, are spam. They suck. So you don't stay in touch with them properly, and you're not doing what the Garretts of the world are doing, which is just simply, you know, it's like you're setting a foundation with your database. And we haven't even gotten into the touch because I guarantee that has a lot to do with it. It's not just setting the foundation and then walking away. It's setting the foundation and then staying in touch with them consistently. Right. I love the simplicity of this conversation because at the same token, it's, this isn't rocket science, folks. And the reason why so many salespeople, frankly, suck is you probably got into the reason, you got into the industry for the wrong reason because you thought I can control my time, I can make exponential money, but you didn't really actually know how to do any of that. And so you struggle, but this is how simple it can be. And you've proven it. You didn't bought leads. We haven't even gotten into it if you market or anything like that yet. And you're a small team and you're out of production. It's really fascinating. And it, I think for most listening, set that piece aside. Like you got into the business for the wrong reasons, as I just mentioned, many of you anyway. So now don't think to yourself, if Garrett can close a hundred transactions with just two people on his team, So can I, and I can get out of production and just lay on my hammock all day and read books like bullshit. Like that's not going to happen. So don't think like that, but think about what you can tactfully put into your business that Garrett is teaching you and showing you and telling you, because it can be that simple if you execute correctly. And you mentioned it early on. Consistency is everything. We teach social, we coach on social, and we tell everyone it's not about perfection. It's about consistency. You can have the perfect post but it doesn't matter if you're not gonna follow it up with a bunch of other posts, right? So let's get deeper on this. So I love where we've gone. So now you've established this, you've gotten maybe a little uncomfortable and by uncomfortable, I mean, you're having these conversations with your SOI, you're, which for many will be uncomfortable, but do it. Like get out yep. there, talk to them, tell them you're in real estate, remind them what you do. Now, what's the next step? So you've planted the seed We've mentioned he can't walk away. What's next?
0: Yeah, so, and you're 100% right. It is uncomfortable, but it's more uncomfortable to fail. This is the thing they got to do. Just do this and everything else will be easy. I honestly believe that and consistency. More uncomfortable to not be able to
1: pay your bills.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. So absolutely from there, Jeff. So it became, and this was developed over a course of about two years, but my own version of a 36 touch, basically what happened, and we all know what a 36 touch is. Basically what happened for me was I was becoming so busy doing 50 transactions a year, trying to hire people, went out and find an admin, all that stuff, and had a baby and all the things that were going on. And so it became so difficult for me to manage. I was realizing I was just getting lost in what touches I should be doing, what was going on. So I just created very systematically what was going to happen every year. So that in November, 2025, I know exactly what I'm going to do for lead generation. So every single month, is a mailer. Every single month is an email, right? So 12 mailers a year, 12 emails a year. And people spend way too much time worrying about what they say. They got to look good. I opened my trash today, like most people over or open my mail over the trash can, right? It's just, I see it. I know your name. Boom. It's there. If it's interesting, I might look at it. Otherwise, boom, it's gone, right? An email is just a reiteration of what you just said. Those are literally just the lowest value you can get. However, it's just showing up because you said you were. That's what most people do, exactly what you said, Jeff. Here's where we've taken it up a notch. So So that's 24. That's 24. Yep. So then what I decided was okay, every quarter, I'm going to have the same rhythm of personal touches. So the first month in each quarter is a phone call or a video text message to my database to everyone. The second month is a handwritten note or a pop by gift to everyone. The third month is a client event. For everyone, and for my best people that can't come, I'm trying to get face to face with them over coffee or lunch or something like that. So month one, call or text. Month two, note or pop by. Month three, client event or coffee. That's the cadence of a quarter: first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Just repeats over and over and well, over. I caught
1: again. I caught three: a phone or video text, handwritten yep. note, pop by, client event or coffee. What was that? That's fourth? the
0: quarter. That's what you do for the first quarter. And then you just copy and paste onto the second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, over and over over, over over Got it. It's it's one
1: of those things each quarter.
0: That is correct. Yeah. So it's literally that cadence again, second quarter, again, third quarter, again, fourth. So first month of the second quarter, call or text.
1: Yeah. So now as your database
0: grows, is this sustainable? Absolutely. So yeah, so I've got about 287 people in my database right now. Again, keep in mind when I say database, I mean qualified people. I'm not going out there and getting 10,000 people. That doesn't make sense. You can't have a relationship with that many people. So, absolutely sustainable. When I do, so in real transparency, I spend about 3 hours a month on lead generation now, right? I'm in my team 3 hours every Monday, an hour of that or so is lead generation. After that, nothing. I'm not even there. Right? I'm building this other business and we've got another expansion network that we're launching. But so It doesn't take a lot of time, right? Here's the beauty of why this works in a deep level. So in 2005, they did a survey of 10,000 people. Average person had 6.2 close relationships. In 2015, surveyed the exact same people. 10 years later, from 6.2 down to 2.1, right? Now, they haven't, maybe in 2025, they'll ask them again, but I can almost guarantee that because of COVID and because of the way the world's gone, people on average have fewer than what they'd say two close relationships, right? So the reality is, and the reason this works at a high level is at the end of the day, what they care about more than anything else is having someone who cares about them because they're lacking in that, right? And your job at the basic level is to take their two close friends to a three, right? To be that third, or to take them from a two to a 10 Hmm. because you introduce them to people. At the simplest form, that's your job. And so for me, that was this cadence of a, now I just do video text and nothing to do with real estate at all. They don't need to hear that, right? They don't need to hear me saying real estate, real estate, real estate all the time. I did that at the very beginning of my career. Now it's literally video text. Jeff, man, was just thinking about you this morning. I hope, you know, whatever. I hope your year's off to a great start. I look forward to seeing you some of our events this year, man. And if I can ever do anything for you, let me know, right? Real simple, real relational. That's it. That's what they need to be cared for. And if you care for them well, they will like you and they will want you to succeed. That's how we're wired. It's that simple. At its core, it's that simple. You just have to think about how can I actually consistently care for people? Because that's how you win in this industry, in my opinion.
1: So once, so now that you've established this with that database, though, how much of those touches are about business or how much of them are... Like you said, you get personal with them. It's You know they had a baby. So you do you make the message all about that? Or do you make the message all about your team that won the championship? Or you make the message all about the holidays are coming up? Do you still sprinkle in the real estate hardcore? Do you feel like you don't necessarily have to now? Now it is truly a friendship, a relationship, and you're just staying
0: friendly. Yeah, great question. So I rarely, rarely talk about real estate. It's the same concept of so I, I always use this example when I'm teaching. So I love my dentist, Doctor Arter, right? And Doctor Arter is phenomenal, and I really like him. And I know he's my dentist, right? If he called, not he doesn't call me, that'd be weird, I guess. But if he ever reached out to me, and he's always like, "Hey, Garrett, by the way, it's your dentist." Like, bro, I know you're my dentist, right? right? You don't need to remind me over and over and over again if we have done our job, and that means when we have the initial relationship touch with them in our initial buyer consultation, and we explain how we work and why this works and we're referral and why that's good for them too, we never need to say it again. We just don't. Now, in my handwritten note, occasionally it will say, if you ever know anyone, or as always, if you know anyone thinking of buying or selling, I'd love to help. Right? Occasionally. Never about anything else. When we have a client event, get up there and say, guys, I just, again, very much like the beginning, just want to thank thank you so much because of your support of us and our business, your referrals of friends. That's why we can do this. This is about celebrating you. Thank you for serving us and helping us take care of our family and grow our business, right? But that's it. It's never about real estate. At the end of the day, if they know you're a real estate agent, you're doing your job being consistent. If they have a question, they'll ask you, right? But don't force it on them because that turns people away.
1: Yeah. And I feel like our industry has this backwards. I think that more agents than not, Struggle on the beginning to tell people what they do. Then they get into their career and they overtell people what they do, and it becomes yeah. more annoying. I mean, I could go on a I could go on my own personal soapbox. Yeah. I do regularly about that. <laughs> but you're right. This is about human connection. That's what people want. People just want to. And we're actually studying this stuff. Tristan and I are studying Gen Z specifically because the the youth of America drive you know, future patterns they drive and it's, for us is more specifically to social and the Gen Z, the studies are saying like, it's changing now. It's, it's all about niching down. It's all about feeling connected. And I think a part of that is because the generation, and you said it, you're a, you're a millennial, I believe. And you even said it. I don't want to pick up the phone. Like when you said that earlier, I almost fell off my chair. Cause I was thinking to myself, like that goes against the core fiber of what every old school real estate agent or teacher teaches. Right. But folks, this is the future of our world. You can hate it all you want, but you better embrace it because it's reality. And so you might think picking up the phone is the best thing to do, but the future of our world doesn't want to answer. So meet Mm -hmm. them where they want to be met. And you're, you know, the way you're doing this is is fascinating. I thought, to be honest, Garrett, I thought that 36 touch system was going to be something super fancy. But, But as this conversation has gone along, I should have known- it's actually going to be very simple as well, but
0: effective. Yeah, it's the I execution love of it. It's the it, consistency. Yeah. It's like you said, I needed something easy. So I would do it every single month, every single day when I needed to do it. And that's it. If people say, well, how have you done this for eight years? I've done the same thing every month. I've literally never missed a month. 100% on my lead generation efforts, which is just the referral stuff, right? So, so I had to make it as simple as
1: possible. So a couple of questions to the, the latter part of that touch system. One, what does the cadence look like? So do you go in, you know, do you have that 200 and something list and you alphabetize it and say, I'm going to do five today and five tomorrow and et cetera. How do you, you, what's the case? Yeah,
0: good question. So I tried that, but I, I realized that I like working in big bursts of energy. And so I would set aside, now I can do it a lot quicker, but I used to set aside, you know, four hours this day to write a bunch of notes, four hours the next day. And I would pick five days that month and say, okay, I'm going to write notes on these days. And I would just knock it out. And so for me, it literally was this simple. Again, I really love systematizing these relationships and systematizing what I'm going to say, right? And let me pause. Everyone says, well, how can you say you have relationships when you talk about being systematic? Well, I always tell them, look, I have a family movie night on Saturdays. I have a date night on Tuesdays with my wife. Those are systems. I make sure those happen over and over and over again because it's important to me, right? It's the same thing in my business is that I'm showing them I care. So I would have a script, honestly, Jeff, and it would, you know, whatever the note script was going to be, and it would say, dear, I'd leave the name blank. I'd write out the script, sign my name. And I just did that for all the notes that I had to write. And then i just go back in and fill the name. That's all it was, right? And then hand address the label. And so it was just the same thing to everybody. Now, to your point, if I knew something was going on, I'm not on social media very much. And so I wasn't aware of a lot of things. But if I sh- I'm just gonna, was-
1: I'm just going to shake my head at you right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm trying to get better. It's really go, difficult go go. for me. Uh, I'm not that interesting. That's the problem. But no, so when I knew something was going on, I might put a PS on it, right? But it was just showing up. And I'll say this, man, it is so powerful that I just had two weeks ago, we just got this person under contract. Someone calls me up. I met them four and a half years ago, used the dialogue. Hey, it's great to meet you. Hey, if you knew anyone thinking about buying or selling, you have an agent you refer them to, right? Friend of mine introduced me because they're thinking about selling their home. Did nothing for four and a half years. I did every single touch on them for four and a half years. They never responded once. They reached back out. Right, they reach back out and say, "Garrett, you have literally." They said, "You have done such a good job staying in touch with us. I'm sorry we've never responded, but we do need to sell our house. Can you come help us?" Right, and I and now where I am, I pass it off to my agent. Said, "Great, Jesse's going to get out there. We're going to take good care of you. Awesome." Jesse shows up in shorts and t-shirt. Doesn't matter. They say, "Come help us. Just tell us what to do." Right, the longevity, the consistency of being in relationship with them. They don't need to respond. That's fine. Again. They need something when they need something, yeah. right? I'm gonna be there, and who are they gonna call? The person they just met on, you know, because they got a call off a of Zillow, or the person that's literally been caring yeah. for them for four years. Yep. There's a no brainer when that comes. So it is that consistency, and however it works in your schedule, make it work. But it's not difficult, and it is significantly less time than a lot of the other ways people do it.
1: It goes to show that people are paying attention. And again, I tie everything back to social, of course, but. It's the same concept, like ignore vanity, ignore virality, and just keep going because they're paying attention. They may not show it, but they're paying attention. And yeah, you just proved that. Now, I assume, I assume that with that particular client, did you ever sh- try to do a pop by or anything like that? Or nope. You no, know, it was just probably phone calls, text messages, handwritten notes, and they just never replied.
0: Yep. An invitation to events, you know, and they never showed up. The invitation, not yet. Absolutely. Never showed up. And that's what, okay, uh,
1: whatever what type of uh, client events are you doing?
0: Yeah. So again, over the course of these eight years, I've really tried to see honestly, how little can I spend and it still be effective? right? Yeah. And so for example, we literally just did one this last weekend and it was our, our fall. This is our favorite uh, six annual, our fall family photo day. So we ran out a local park from 930 to 1130. We get coffee and donuts because I love donuts. Excuse for me to eat a bunch of donuts. We get coffee and donuts. And then our photographer friend comes and does a free family portrait for everybody, right? Real quick, takes a couple of photos. Then she prints them off. Our photographer prints one off. We frame it, we drop it off at their doorstep. Uh-huh. But it's so simple. It cost me like 600 bucks. It's so simple, right? And they love it. We did in July, we did an ice cream social day, right? Cost me $800. We did a traditions brewery event because my wife sings in a pan. It was that night. We paid for it. It was only like 400 bucks, right? We've rented out a movie, so we do it in every March. We rent out a movie theater and show a movie and do popcorn and soda, and that's like seven fifty, right? So I can't remember the last time I spent more than a thousand dollars. And keep in mind, we have like a hundred plus people come, right? Again, what we misunderstand in our Popeye gifts less than two dollars. It cannot be expensive. I won't do that. Why we misunderstand where our value is? Just like we were talking about earlier, it's in the relationship. The value of a Popeye gift is not that I gave you a. It's that I am the only one all year that has showed up to your door just because I care, right? Mm-hmm. The value of a client event is, I'm doing this because I care about you. That's why, and they know that, but that's why it doesn't need to be a $1,000. It doesn't need to be $2,000 of a cost. It's the fact that I took time to think about you and plan something for you. That's the value. We cannot miss what the real value is that we provide. When we do, that's when we overspend. That's when we overthink. That's when we overtalk. like you were saying, Jeff. That's when we're just talking too much, blah, 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 blah. That's not the value. They need a friend. That's the value.
1: What's an example of a Popeye gift that's less than $2?
0: Man, so we're about to do a $1 oven mitt and for Thanksgiving. And it says, don't let your friends get burned by a turkey of a realtor. So something like that. Or we've done a chapstick, a little tiny chapstick. We always do in August. We do a spatula, and it says, "I flip and love your referrals." Right, so it's a one dollar. It's silly. It's fun, and it's got to match match their the agent personality. But it's really simple. It's not about that. So, yeah, I have tons of examples of those. We've done honey. We, I mean, so many over the years. Where do you guys Where but, do you guys yeah, come up
1: with those ideas?
0: We just come up with them. I think of them, or my director of ops sometimes will do that. But yeah, it's just stuff comes. It's weird what's in my head. Jeff, but uh, pops in there. Sometimes. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now with the client events, do you in, use vendors? Do you use a, a mortgage person or title to help offset the cost?
0: I don't. So I was, now I have a MSA set up. So I'm not doing that anymore, but I was only for the past year. And then I set up an MSA before that I was just doing it for me, just me on my own. Again, I spent, so real numbers, I spent $10,000 last year total. That was it on marketing which is this touch. And we have 500 people in our database between me and my agent. And so it's very inexpensive. I never wanted anyone to think that I was doing something or presenting a mortgage lender because they were giving me money. Mm -hmm. It was always about, this is just for me and my people. That was it. My mortgage lender can be there, but they can't have signs. They can't do all. I didn't want to do that specifically. And so, yeah, it was always me. But again, $10,000. I've like got a huge, wide budget that I can spend money on these people. And that's what I'm going to do.
1: Yeah. Did you guys hear what he just said? Like, again, you're breaking tradition here because again, the way old school people teach agents to abuse their various vendors, which to me is not the right way to do it. And every once in a while, I talk to somebody who's doing it effectively, doesn't abuse and you're succeeding at the highest level. I I want everybody to listen to that. And if you have the old school mindset, you need to change it. Again, you're going to get left behind. It's just not going to work. People are just wising up to this kind of stuff. I love this. So, But we're running short on time here. So I want to make sure, because we've really dialed in and just, I could continue to talk about this for a while. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think is very
0: important to share with our audience? Yeah. I mean, man, so many things. Honestly, what I would say is, look, they've just got to make a commitment to something. I don't care if it's referrals. You've got to commit to something and commit to learning about it, right? When I started, you know, so now, last year I did. I brought seventy deals to the team. Who I was in twenty sixteen was not the guy who could generate seventy deals. I didn't know enough. I didn't understand enough. I wasn't consistent enough, right? I had to learn and develop into that. So my encouragement for anybody: this is not any nuance or special thing. Is commit to how you want to build a business. And become an expert in that field. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you continue to do it again, if you want to sell 100 homes a year, but you did 50 last year, you're not the person currently who sells 100 homes a year. You've got to bridge that gap. And that's with education. That's with learning. That's with failing and trying and understanding and learning. And so that's my encouragement. Anyone can do this. Like you've said many times, it's not rocket science. I came in, I figured something out, and I just did it over and over and over again. That's the encouragement. Anyone can do this. It's your willingness to stay focused on what you tried to do and what you're intending to do and just do it. It's that simple. What does Garrett aspire for? Man, so honestly, so I went out and started a couple other companies in this podcast. My real mission is to impact families by impacting businesses. So when I, th- when I get up and go to work, right? Because I honestly, you know, I spend three hours a week in my real estate team. I could just chill and do nothing after that, but I'm wired to really help people. My real vision, Jeff, and what I aspire to is two years from now, a young kid, boy or girl, doesn't matter, comes up to me and says, Mr. Garrett, thank you for helping bring my mommy home, or thank you for helping bring my daddy home. You helped him figure out a better and not they're gonna say you helped him figure out a better way to do business, right? But helping them figure out a better way to do business so they can have a better way to do their family. That's what I care about. And I've got to go through people's businesses to get there. And I am absolutely concerned with how easily and willingly agents give up what's important to them to chase whatever it is they're told to chase. I'm not okay with that. I want them to focus on what matters and still know they can build a business to match that life. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what motivates me. I like it. So how
1: does somebody connect with you? Somebody says, you know what? I want more of Garrett in my life. How can they connect if they just want to send you a message? What's, what are the best ways to get connected?
0: Yeah. So they can find me business by relationships with an S. We're on Instagram. There you go, Jeff. I don't really do a lot on it, but I check it occasionally. So you're welcome. <laughs> but businessbyrelationships.com is our website. They can sign up to have a free chat with me to learn more about who we are, what we do. And then serving, not selling, our podcast would love for them to check that out as well. But or just text me 804 878 2200. Always happy to help in any way that I can. Again, our mission, much like yours, Jeff, I just want to serve people. Right. And so I don't care if you just have a question, whatever, you don't got to pay me money. Obviously we have stuff that I think is going to really help you. But if you just want to ask a question or learn, please reach out. That's what I'm here to do. And I want to help.
1: I love it. Well, you just gained a new follower on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's fantastic. We're you're <laughs> the second one. No, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> thank you, Jeff. This has been awesome, man. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been a great conversation yeah. and uh, definitely want to stay in touch and thank you for sharing with our audience. And, and listen, folks, Garrett broke this down today. This is not scientific. This isn't magical. It's simply consistency. It's execution. It's committing to a plan. And, and you heard what he said in the beginning. It was a lot of of studying the game, if you will. And the game in this case was really like the psychology of humans and and how to get into their brain a little bit. And then you executed it. And so I applaud you for that, man. It's it's uh Yeah, thank you. It's been a great conversation. And uh, like I said, I hope we stay in touch. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, brother. I
0: appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you by ZBuyer. And ZBuyer offers an unparalleled home buyer and seller lead generation service. It's made by realtors for realtors, which is kind of the cool thing. Since 2003, ZBuyer has been continually perfecting state-of-the-art lead generation pathways. In fact, I've been using them since 2009. And ZBuyer brings motivated home buyers and sellers to you virtually. Visit zbuyer.com forward slash LCA. To see how ZBuyer can help you close more deals in 2022, Lab Coat Agents Podcasts.